Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313 Radical now. That's area code 313 Radical. And ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you are divorced but didn't want it. Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So... Sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical coming at you now. Well, I don't know what happened, but welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical live. Uh, I don't know what exactly happened, but the, the software did something and I didn't hear it. And <laughs> so anyway, happy Monday. I'm glad that you are here. Um, I guess I'm going to have to do a little editing with this live show today uh, after I get done today because uh, things didn't go quite as they were planned to be. But that's what happens when you do live shows. Things always happen. Don't ever act like it's supposed to do. But the great thing is you're here. I'm here. So let's get started because you know what? My main mission is to keep you out of divorce court, right? <laughs> it is Monday. Uh, I had a good weekend, too. I hope you did. But um, let's rock this. So remember, uh, we are down to the last two uh, episodes of the Why My Wife May Want a Divorce or Your Wife May Want a Divorce or Your Friend's Wife May Want a Divorce. So um, the reason why uh, we're on, let me see, we're on Clue 32. So we have Clue 32 and Clue 33 tomorrow, and then we will be done. And, boy, that's a great feat. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, basically this is for, again, uh, the Catholic Alpha Save My Catholic Marriage Minute is this series. And basically it's, it's to really focus in on men who are in a marriage crisis, but if you can get the, this this down and understand if your marriage is in marriage crisis or not, but you adapt all of these things and these clues and stuff to go for it, oh, man, you will be ahead of the game. Hopefully, you've realized that by now. So remember, no emotional closeness is a problem. Uh, if your wife is uh, has for a divorce or you're separated, um, she has left the home with the kids. 
Uh, you happen to live in different different bedrooms where you live in the basement and she lives upstairs. Uh, your marriage is boring and it has no passion. Basically, you guys don't even really conversate that much or, you know, you don't have anything. You don't do things together. Uh, you engage in the marital embrace less than once a week or once a month. So go ahead and get in the queue. Looks like I have a call already. So let's get in the queue and go ahead and um, get your get your question together because I know you have one. The good thing about this show is you can call in uh, as often as you want and or you can um, share the podcast and get someone else a chance to call in as well. Or, hey, you could just listen and embrace what's going on. So the, the show is uh, 313 Radical. That's 313-723-4225 so that we can get some resolution to your marriage confusion. At the Catholic Alpha Radical quote of the day, quote, what makes us creatures is the fact that we are dependent. All that we have, we have received because we are not perfect. We constantly strive to make up for what is lacking or to complement our having by make by having more End quote Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Book three to get married. All right, so we have our caller on. So let me switch my scene here real quick to get them on so that we can get this Monday started out good and great. Let me see, switch it over. All right, let me try to bring them on. Bring them on. Bring them on top. Hello. Hello. Are you there? I'm here. What's up? Hey, my name is Tate. And, uh, you know, me and my wife, uh, we've just been constantly arguing. And she wants to go to a marriage counselor. And I'm like, we don't need a marriage counselor. We can just figure it out. But all she wants to do is argue all the time. And uh, I do got to go to work. So I'm going to listen on the show. But yeah, okay, no problem, man. Thank you. I will. Uh, we're gonna rock this. So listen in, so you can hear. Thanks for calling. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. All right. So okay. So classic, classic, classic. Arguing all the time, and wanting to go to marriage counseling. So here's the thing you got to understand about marriage counseling. First of all, let's talk about the arguing all the time. So arguing all the time basically is bad communication. So bad communication will end a marriage very fast because people start to get resentful of each other. They don't want to talk to each other. Both Usually both, both spouses feel, well, if I say something, it's going to cause a big argument, especially women. That's where women really are. If I say something or if I try to talk about it in a calm manner, He's going to get mad. He's going to get all emotional. He's going to start blaming me and throwing everything in my face. Or if I say if I say something um, and try to open up, then you know, and and tell my true feelings about something, then later on, what will happen is he will throw that back in my face two years from now, or thirty days from now, or whatever. That's a very very big problem. 
Um, and when me and husbands, we get resentful because she continues to, to continuously disrespect us. They don't, she don't listen to me. I'm trying my best to make things work. And the thing that we got to understand, man, with women, it's the same thing. We've got to start looking at the marriage from our wife's point of view and our husband's point of view. Um, that is so, so important. Selfishness, Satan gets right in between us. When we don't consider the feelings and the 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 things of what our spouse is going through, especially a wife, because women get hurt a lot more easy than men. And then men, if we do get hurt, we really take that hurt and we turn it into quick anger and we start saying things and doing things and bringing things up that we can't take back. That is the critical thing about arguing. You cannot say you know, uh, something that is so, that is hurtful to your wife. And then later on apologize. She might, it's like going to confession, right? You go into confession, you tell God, the priest, which who represents Christ in the, in the, in the confession that I'm sorry that I won't do it again. And I'm sorry for having offended you, God, and things like that. And you were forgiven. You're completely forgiven. That's that mortal sin or that venial sin is completely gone when you walk out. But there are also temporal. There are also temporal effects to your sin. Now, God has forgiven you, but through your soul, you have to pay back that temporal pain that has been caused. Um, that's why divorce is so bad, because what it does, it causes a ripple throughout time a ripple throughout society, a ripple throughout the family um, that that is hard to pay back. And this is what, when I tell it, when I tell up, I tell a man, I say, look, man, what you've done, you and your wife have met, really messed this marriage up. You've caused problems with your kids. People have seen it, your parents, your friends, society at large. You know, you've been to divorce court or you filed for divorce. You're going to marriage counseling. All these things are causing ripples in time and ripples throughout the society that that has has a have a bad effect on what's going on. So when you argue, which is what I call is, is, a, is a prime marriage killer, you know, arguing, defending yourself, um, you know, not admitting that you did something wrong, but deflecting that and then defending and, and attacking again, belittling the person and all that kind of stuff. Those are marriage killers and they only get worse. Arguing only gets worse over time. If you don't stop, because what is actually arguing? Arguing is I've taken Satan, which is my selfishness and my pride, which is why Satan got his butt kicked out of heaven. Um, and I've put a smack in that my relationship and I'm not hearing my wife. Okay. So first of all, the best way is to start out is to stop the arguing. So which is what you sit there as a man and you listen. That's what you do now. The other thing, let's talk about marriage counseling. You got to understand, right, the good the good thing is your wife wants to go to marriage counseling. The bad thing is it's going to be bad for you. <laughs> it's going to be bad. You go walk in there, brother. You're going to sit down. Even if it's a man or a woman, unless you get a very, very special, special breed of therapist, they will pick a person they will pick, they will probably most likely pick the person who that they can blame. So that usually that's the man, right? We all know that. That's us because we're easy targets. Because we're like Christ, right? We don't fight back. 
So we just kind of sit there and take it. But what you do is during the whole time, if you're a marriage counselor, what you do is you don't really talk. You allow, if you got to go to marriage counseling as a husband, you go in there, you really don't talk. You let your wife do all the talking. The good thing also about going to marriage counseling is if your wife wants, if she's, if she is suggesting that you go to marriage counseling, that means she still wants to save the marriage. So she's invested still. If even though you don't want to go, you still have to go and have a good attitude about it. Because if you don't, I've talked to a lot, a lot of dudes that they all tried marriage counseling. It was crap. Well, it's because they went in there and they did all the talking and they let, they let the therapist go through the talking and tell them their feelings. And then we tell our feelings we start to be a little bit too honest. The wife gets mad. She holds it against you. And so then she starts crying and getting pissed off. And then the therapist feels sorry for her. And so the therapist goes on her side. That's how marriage counseling works. Another thing, too, about marriage counseling, if it if it's come to find out, so marriage counseling, you got to understand, it puts the psyche of the, 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 the spouses above the marriage and above God. So they're thinking if I can, we just want your, we just want you to be okay psychologically and emotionally. So that's a bad way to do it because the therapist, once they figure out that you two aren't going to come together, that you're fighting all the time and it's not getting any better, what they will do is they will start to move the, the counseling towards you guys getting divorced and breaking up. It'll be separation for a while. Then what will happen is eventually the counselor will move you to divorce. Now, that is basically heretical for a Christian. This is why you cannot go to a therapist that is not a Christian or a Catholic, someone who does not understand the faith, because that's their main thing. Now, if you go to a pseudo-Christian or pseudo-Catholic they will act like they want you to save your marriage, but eventually their training of a scientist, so-called scientist, will override their duty to and their duty and obligation to God, and they will start to get you to to try to, to divorce and move to to basically to to split up amicably, and that is the worst thing for a Christian. Why? Because we all know that God is uh, uh, totally against divorce. Uh, because in the beginning, it was not so with Adam and Eve, who are our first parents. So, but I only recommend counseling as a marriage counseling is a very, 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 very last resort. Basically, if the wife has stopped talking to you at all and you're in divorce court and the only way to get her to talk is to get her but into counseling, marriage counseling, so that you can get her to open up and talk. But there's a long time. That's a long time away. We we don't start out with that. Um, first of all, because usually if a, a marriage is in marriage crisis, the wife has has given up or she's indifferent, and she does not want. Basically, she is, does not care about the marriage. She's indifferent. She's like, well, look, I've been trying for thirty years to get the marriage to work. I've been trying for five years to get the marriage to work. You didn't listen to me. So look, I'm out of here. I'm indifferent. If you want to save the marriage, Mr. Husband, you go right ahead. I'll try my best to listen, but I ain't helping. I'm not helping. It's on you. So I'm putting it in your hands. That's why marriage counseling does not work if one spouse is indifferent or doesn't care or does not want to go because it will just make it worse. This is why 
you have to find a marriage coach that specializes in if like say if you're a wife and you want to save your marriage um, and your husband doesn't then basically you have to find a marriage coach that specializes in how to teach you how to save your marriage when your husband doesn't want to same with the husband if you have a wife and she wants to save the marriage i mean she don't want to save the marriage and you do because you understand as a catholic there's no way that you could have a divorce um, because that will basically put you into almost mortal sin. So basically, when we get divorced, what do we start doing? Messing around with other women, other men, and we start, you know, kissing on each other, holding on each other, being by ourselves, and all that kind of stuff, which is all mortal sin. Because why? In the eyes of God, you're still married. The state, God could care less about the state, about what the he doesn't he could care less. So if you're if you're an Orthodox Christian or Orthodox Catholic, you understand that. So basically, if you're in marriage crisis, we have allowed a, you've allowed your marriage to go to that get to marriage crisis. Then basically, you need a professional marriage coach to help you get out of it, um, because your wife has decided, like I just said, that she doesn't care. Um, and you, if you're a man like that, then that's basically all you have. You you've got to find a way out of it because you're trying to please God because you love Christ, and that's kind of where we are. So. As far as you argue, I told you about arguing, I told you about going to marriage counseling. The main thing to do, brother, that I can tell you, the way you do this whole marriage thing, the way you do it is, which I'm going to go into later in the Save My Catholic Marriage minute, is you got to fix yourself. And 99.9% of the men of the world, husbands anyway, cannot, men, men too, they cannot see that. They just can't see it. They they can't see why I gotta fix me first. Why do I gotta do me first? Why can't she go? What's she going? Well, I get this all the time. What's her responsibility? What's she gonna do? Well, I just told you she don't care. <laughs> she don't care no more. So you've got to figure out how to save your family and your marriage and your relationship with God. You got to figure that out, and that comes with you fixing yourself first. So that you would draw everybody to you. If you the same person you are now, just like me, until I changed, I was crap. I was out of there. Everybody was, you know, I didn't see anything. I was blind. You know, I know you hear all the time, I was blind, now I see. Well, believe it or not, that's the truth. You know, I was blind. I didn't know what was going on. And I didn't see things for what they were. And I was like most of you out there. I really was. But I, I realized I looked at the mirror and I had to fix myself. So, caller, I hope that helped you, man. Um, believe me, I understand your predicament because I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. Uh, and and uh, when you have this sweet, beloved wife that you marry, and when you're dating and courting, she's just so wonderful and she never disagrees with you. <laughs> Every time you say something, she agrees with everything you say. She's always hugging you and kissing you and holding your hand. You know, then over the years, it just goes down if we don't keep it like we're supposed to. And then that's where we start having the problems, right? Okay. So I hope that helped. Let's go ahead and rock this and take a quick, quick uh, break. <sighs> If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me 
personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Okay, for the first part of the uh, Save My Catholic Marriage Minute, I get the question all the time, which is kind of the question we just kind of inadvertently brought up in the in, from the caller. Basically, I get this question all the time. Jerry, why must I improve myself first? Why am I always the one responsible? Why? What is her... What is my wife's uh, uh, obligation in all of this? Okay, um, man, it used that used to be a very tough question for me, but but today it's a very very easy and simple question, and I'm going to try to put it, give you an answer in a one sentence, and then I'll expand on it a little bit. But the reason that you must get yourself together first, the reason you must improve yourself first. The reason that you um, um, must get into not being that same man that you've been for the last 10, 20, 30 years, okay? The best, simplest way to put it is to kill all your wife's ammunition for you. Yep. That's it. Here's the thing. First of all, second of all, God set it up that way. So God set it up that way. So you, you, we as men keep trying to deny our responsibility as men. So what God does is make our life pain very painful by allowing the demonic in our lives until we man up and get it together. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not saying it's fair, but that's the way it is. And when you understand that and just start not understand it, yeah, it doesn't matter if you understand it or not. The, the thing you have to do as a man is to be, uh, in order to be a Christian soldier, a man of courage, you must embrace it because your life will, ne- will always be crap until you do. It will. You always blame everybody for their what they did. You'll blame God, your wife, your kids. You'll blame your mother and parents for what they did. You'll blame your friends. Uh, you'll blame your job. Uh, all of it. You will. It will never will ever be your fault. And you will continue to go through life as this blind person that can't see anything, can't see anything. Um, and but until you realize, you know, listen, here's the thing. When you're in your teens and in your 20s and I say up to 35. If you're a liberal, that means you haven't grown up yet. That means that's the old saying that if you're still a liberal at 35, that means you're still in the dream world, that you're still looking at, not looking at the world the way it is supposed to be. When you get, 
past 35, most people grow up. That's why you see most older people, even the ones born in the 60s, they still try to hold on to that, that mentality. But for the most part, they've grown up. They realize the world is not what they thought it was, and they're more conservative. And when I say conservative, I really don't mean politically. I mean, I, I mean politically, but, but, but the political side, the moral side of God, you know, you can be a liberal Christian too, or a conservative, or I call it orthodox, but you know, it's a little, we can just say we start liberal and, and uh, conservative. But you've got to understand that conservatism, especially in the church, is the only way. Because if you are a person in the church, and you're a Christian, or you're a Catholic in the church, and you think that, that the church has a dogma, and say, let's say uh, a dogma, and the dogma, you, you, you think that the dogma should change, that means you're saying God is a liar. That means you're saying God is, and if God's a liar, he's not God, and if a God can change, he's not God. So basically, the church only works on infallibility, which means that you will never see a pope get up there in a million years and say that it's okay to divorce and to remarry another person. The God, um, the, uh, the pope will never get up. Now, what he believes privately is different. But when he gets up and says, I infallibly say, which is kind of one of the things that they say when the pope is, is, is talking from God. That's another thing you guys got to understand about the Catholic Church and the Pope. You've got to, and, and, you, and you, you that are Catholic, if he's not getting up there saying, listen, this is infallible, that it's okay, that I, I deem infallible, that, that it's okay, that, that we can divorce and remarry and blah, 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 then that is not coming from Christ. And what he said is his opinion, right? This is the difference between when the Pope speaks through Christ and when the Pope speaks with his opinion. Like if you see the Pope on like LifeSite News and they're having a discussion with when he had a discussion with old boy and they start talking about they start talking about global warming and stuff, and you would never hear the Pope say, I infallibly decree that global warming is the truth. <laughs> no, he's not gonna do that. First of all, it's the the Pope only deals in faith, he only speaks infallibly in faith and morals. Okay, so he's not going to global warming is a political save the planet kind of we are the world issue. So the pope, he can give his opinion on that, but he's not going to come from God and say this is infallibly. I infallibly decree that this that we need to that God whatever about this subject, you know, and so this is what you got to understand in order for your um, your wife to understand and for you to, to change. You have to fix yourself first. Because God deems it. So God puts you in charge as the man. You are in charge. And we've went over that a million times. But you're in charge. In charge doesn't mean in charge. It means basically you are responsible. You're responsible for the earth. You're responsible for your house. You're responsible for your marriage, your wife, your kids, and everything. You're responsible for all of that. Your wife is responsible, but is you're responsible for the kids too. But your wife's job is to guide you and guide you to um and, and guide you to the, the towards God and to the truth and to work with her. Okay. Her job is many of the children. Why? For nurturing. All right. So when I say you should fix yourself first, if you God is, is deemed you responsible, then 
you naturally can see, oh, I see why Jerry says I got to fix myself first. Because why? Because if I'm responsible, then I can't go around, you know, having sex with other women. I can't go around arguing and fight with my wife. I can't go around um, putting my kids in foster homes. I can't go around, you know, murdering and raping people. I can't go around lying and stealing. I can't do all that stuff. I can't sit there and blame my wife for everything wrong in my life. You know, why? Because that's not what a what a, a, a leader, a true leader does. A true leader, even the worst ones, they know that I got to take responsibility or all this stuff I'm doing means nothing. So the thing about God putting this and writing this on our natural hearts, men and women of our responsibilities, is when we go against those responsibilities, it hurts. That's why women that work all the time and leave their children, it hurts them. Now, they, they, you know, sin makes us stupid. So the longer that they're away from their kids, the pain gets a little less. Their life just gets more chaotic, right? Women who leave their children, especially babies and kids below 10 and women, it hurts them very bad when they got to go off and go to work and leave those children. You know, men, the same way. Like if something goes wrong in our house, like our wife is unhappy, that hurts men. That hurts us very bad because instinctually it's on our hearts that we're, that it's written on our hearts through God that we're responsible for our wife's happiness, our, our marriage. And when, when she's unhappy, then that means, oh my God, this could crumble, right? And so that's important. So basically what I'm trying to say is when things go wrong in your house, you as the husband are responsible. You are responsible, not your wife and not your children. So naturally, if that's written on our hearts and on your wife's hearts and on your kids' hearts, they're naturally what? They're naturally waiting on you to fix you. Because if you go and say, hey, you need to go, you need to go your wife, you need to go to confession because you ain't been in five years, and then you ain't been to confession, your wife's going to look at you and go, well, hell, when you go, I'll go. <laughs> right? You know, or let's say... You know, you sitting there arguing with your wife every day and blaming her for everything, and you telling her everything she's doing wrong, and then eventually she just sitting there listening to you because that's what women do. Most women don't argue back at first. It, it, it takes a while for them to get mad enough to to fight back with their beloved. But usually, usually for a while they'll sit there and just listen to you. But in their mind they're going, "Well, yeah, I, you you say I don't clean up the house." And you say uh, that um, I don't that I'm wasting money, and you saying all this stuff, but you're doing the same thing, or you're making big mistake, bigger mistakes as I am. Like I can't go get a, a beat up car that costs two thousand dollars, but you can go out and buy a twenty thousand dollar boat. You know. So basically, what I'm saying is, women, women, and their children, and then kids. Let's go talk about kids real quick. You know, you telling we telling our kid don't lie. But then they look around and we're telling our kid, hey, don't tell your mother. You're out, you and your child are out doing something and you tell your child, well, don't tell your mother this. Don't tell your mother about that. That's that's like telling your kid to lie, you know, or, you know, the kids are fighting with each other. The kids are fighting with each other and you open and go, hey, man, stop that fighting and stuff. And your kid goes, well, you and mama do it. <laughs> you know, so my point of it is those are just simple, basic things about how things really go in marriage and relationships. And if we do not fix, this is why you must fix yourself because first 
Because first of all, it's written on your heart, your wife's heart, and your children's heart through the Holy Spirit. So you really have no choice if you want the pain to go away in your marriage. You have no choice. So then, but the great thing is this, once you do the work, get yourself together, become the man that God created you to be and the husband your wife needs, which is what I call a holy lover, then what will happen is you will see all of a sudden your wife will start to allow you to lead your home, allow you. So what that means is she's not going to be fighting with you and arguing with you and trying to get all the, trying to get her way and being selfish. Why? Because she's going to switch to the service mode. Well, he's doing all of this and he's trying his best to change and he just loves me so much. So now what I can do is I can focus on the kids and, and, and nurturing him. Then your kids, when you and your wife come together, like I just explained, then what happens is your kids start to fall in line too. Like, if you and your wife are on the same page, like say your kid smarts off to their mother and you say, hey, you need to go, you're a punishment for a week, go in your bedroom. And then your wife goes, uh, I don't think that's fair. Right in front of the kid, you still have problems. But if your wife goes, that's right. Your father said you smarted off to me. You need to go in your room and, and you won't punch me for a week. Guess what? The kid realizes, okay. Mom and daddy on the same page, I can't really combat them no more. I got to do what I'm told or it's going to get worse. This is how you as a man, that's the power that you have as a man in your family, that you lead, you get yourself together, you start moving towards God, your wife starts moving the kids and herself towards you, and then you lead everybody to God, and then your home becomes more at peace, all right? So that is a simple five or six minute, maybe longer than that, but that is a, to get you to understand that you as a man have to realize of the power and the, and the greatness that you truly have. And when she wants you, but God wants you to accept your responsibility as a man first, he's not going to allow your wife to submit to you, which means what? So under the under the mission, it doesn't mean like tell her what to do and be a jerk. That means under the submission, under the submission of who? Of Christ, right? So you're under the submission of Christ. Your wife is under the submission of you. Your kids are under the submission of you and Christ. Now, women have this crazy, crazy, idiotic idea that I can disobey God I can disobey, not come and, and, and be obedient to God. I cannot submit to my husband on his final authority. And my kids supposed to do what I say do. See, that don't work. It don't work like that. If you as a woman step outside your marriage, basically you have told God and your husband that you got it. You don't need my protection. You don't need me. You don't need my grace. You can do it. You can do whatever you want right? That you don't need me. Okay. No problem. So guess what? Your key, your life is going to become, going to become unstable. It's going to be very bad and your kids will get worse. They will start to disobey more. They will start to uh, test you more. They will start to be disobedient more. They'll get in trouble in school more. You know why? Because kids ain't stupid and it's written on their heart and they see, well, you want me to do what you say, but you're not doing what God and daddy's talking. You're not talking to daddy and God. See, women, they, they forget that, that little small, small thing. This is why I beg women, before you start leaving your husband and divorcing him and doing all this crazy stuff, that you really understand and analyze the consequences of you doing that. 
Because once you step outside of the submission of Christ and your husband, basically you have handed your life over to the demonic and the demons love that one. Okay. So that being said today, we are in clue. Oh, I have a call. All right. Yes, yes, yes. I have a call. He almost, him or her, almost didn't catch me because I was great going to something else. But we're going to go over clue 32. And so after this quick, 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 quick break, we will, let me see if I can find it. Uh, we will go right into um, the caller. Thank you, caller. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern for some resolution to your marriage confusion. Let's talk about your Catholic marriage problems. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on the Catholic Alpha Radical Facebook page and CatholicAlpha.com. All right, all right. Let's bring our special caller on today because all of my callers are special to me. Give me one second. And let me see. Talk. Hello? Hello, caller. Are you there? Yes. Hey, how you doing, man? Just fine. Happy Monday. <laughs> Happy Monday to you, too. <laughs> so how can I help you today? Um, I've got to be in court here in about an hour, and I'm going to go in front of a judge that actually swore me in under the so help me God last week. And it was so dumbfounding to me because I haven't heard that since 1989 when I took my fourth oath of enlistment. Now the judge is making it about God. When she said, so help me God on that, that's the first time in 10 and a half years I've been sworn in by one of 35 judiciary. How do I approach her today? Because when I go in front of her, I'm trying to get counseling started in regards to that. She's going to want to either one, reappoint the mediator or two, send me into counseling. How do I go about convincing her? Should I use the Bible against her since she brought up, so help me God? Because as a strong Christian woman, she deferred to her husband before she took the judicial position. So ask the question one more time because you threw like two or three things in there. I'm sorry. How, how do I convince a judge who's a Christian and deferred to her husband before she took the position of a judicial position? How do I get her to make it about God and not make it about societal views? Because... She's had me swear under oath, so help me God, which is the first time since 1989, since I was in the military. So that's my question to you is, how do I get the judge to be persuaded to help save the marriage? Because to me, judges sit back and they're nothing more than professional homewreckers by tearing up marriages with dissolutions of marriages. But they have to review if one person denies the marriage is ever broken, they have to review the case and look at what caused the initial petition in the first place. So how do I convince a judge to put us into counseling? Okay. Man, what I would do, I've learned today that even the demons, 
even the demons most of the time refer um defer to empathy so what i mean is we think that people walking around in the society that that there's there's no demonic in them or around them that a person that just agrees with abortion they're just good people but you know they're but you know they just have the wrong opinion no that's not true but what is called is demonic oppression so basically in society today almost all politicians and most people are demonically oppressed that means that they have the demonic whispering in their ear and influencing their their relationships their marriages their finances their relationships with other people, their marriages, their relationship with their children and stuff like that. But one of the things that's universal is empathy, is telling a story. Like, don't go in there and trying to throw the Bible in a face of a person that's sitting there judging you who probably is not around that kind of lifestyle like you are every day. But what you have to do is use the principles of God and then do that by what? Telling, you know, getting her to understand your side of the story and that why you love your wife and the things that, like you tell me all the time, Scott, like Jerry, from the first time we've met, you've always had the same story. I never said my name, Jerry. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, you know, you, you've, you've got to, from the time that we've always talked, you've always had this great story of why you love your wife, that you try to do everything as perfect as you could, that you try to do right by her, and then other people kind of came into your marriage and kind of, you know, got you and her away from what you're supposed to be. And only thing that you're asking from her, Judge, is to please understand my side and that I love my wife. I made a lot of mistakes, but I'm trying to rectify that. I hired this marriage coach. I talked to my mother. I talked to my father. You know, I tried all these things to do right by her and all I'm asking is you give us 12 months of marriage counseling so that at least we can see if this is truly what we are supposed to do. You see what I'm saying? Does that, you see what I'm saying? If you go in there like hammering God with the Bible, even though you're right, if you go in there hammering and being and talking rough and direct, what's going to happen is her, that the judge and all the lawyers and all the people in the room they are going to all start getting defensive and their defense mechanisms are going to perk up. If you're in a courtroom, even if you're on, even if you're on zoom, it's the same thing. People are listening. So I would try my best man to incite empathy to your situation, that you are a man. You always wanted children with your wife, even though you might not be able to have kids now, but that was your dream. And you, cause you always want to be, you told me this before. I've always wanted to be married. You said that it took you said it took me 40 years or something like that to get married. And then when I finally did, I thought there was gonna be this great thing, and then a lot of things happened, and a lot of it was my fault. And you see how you're taking responsibility? That lets people know that you've learned your lesson. And your wife is listening to that too. So I would beg and plead with you, don't be like, don't talk how you and me would talk with each other, Scott, but go in there with empathy and cite stories and tell the tell, tell the judge your story. And get and ask her, and then ask her to judge. I'm asking you with my heart in my hand to please give me and my wife a chance, even if it's just for these 12, 12 marital uh, counseling sessions. You know, that's that's what I'm asking you. And man, 
you still might not get it, but you might get something. Or you might get the whole 12 months or 12 sessions. The thing about it is, is Scott, you know how to talk to people. And if you go in there like that, the odds have just risen at least 50%. What do you think? I think I had to go in guns a blazing, but I wanted your opinion on that. <laughs> How did I know that you were going to say that? Okay, let's do this. Okay, let's. Okay, okay. So let's do it like this, then. Give me one more chance, okay? Okay. Okay. So let's do it like this. Let's put Scott. Let's let's merge Scott with what Scott wants to do with what Jerry says let's do to minimize the damage. Is that fair? Well, I was thinking about a biblical passage and tell me if you, this makes sense to you, Jerry. Mm-hmm. First Kings three sixteen through 26 talks about King Solomon trying to um, separate two harlots from having a, a child and one's, one's died and the other one's the mother. And the one that had the child died said, cut the child in two because King Solomon said, give me your sword, I'll cut the child in two. And the, the real mom stepped up to the plate and said, no, spare the child. That's how we knew who the real mom was. Well, in my eyes, we do have a child that's called our marriage. And in order to best nourish our, our marriage, I don't want it to cut it in two like my wife's trying to do. I'm trying to save the marriage. And that's why I made an offer just to walk away. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't leave Kentucky. We're not going to let you leave Kentucky. So if you can give me a difference of opinion on that, I'd love to hear your third put in input on that. No, brother, I'm saying I like that. It's just the way you believe it or not, man, like we talk about all the time is a lot of times it's not when you talk to your wife. A lot of times it's not how it's not what you say. It's how you say it with a high a high voice of sweetheart you know i love you a soft voice a a voice that's not threatening to her because she's your beloved right your body language and how you look and how you look her in her eyes and you have sympathetic you know gestures and stuff you you know because the way you say it because you guys are bonded and you can hurt her very much just by the tone of your voice and that's what i'm trying to get you to say in here i i see what you're saying is right I know what you're saying is right, but if you could, even if you're going to say that, mix it with the sto- the part I told you to do, because nobody cares about, yes, nobody cares about you until they know you care about them. Your wife might, her attorney might turn to her if you were empathetic and go, you know what, this guy loves you. What about just giving it a chance? But if you go in there, guns are blazing completely and you don't temper it down and then come back to the story to get folks to empathize with you. Because right now the society, nobody empathizes with God or cares about God. They really don't. So you're kind of going, even though you use the Bible as a reference, I love that. And as because you, you're a man of God, I love it. But you've got you've to come back around full circle to the story and so that people can empathize with you. That's why that's why the, that's why you know when a great movie is there and a bad movie, right? The story, and so you have a great story. What I'm asking you to do is don't discount that. Okay. And, and, the, and the last thing is, please don't attack your wife. Don't in there. Don't ever say what my wife is trying to do or what my wife did and blah blah blah. If you do that, oh my God, it will discount and discredit everything you're saying. 
because then it would be like, okay, he hasn't learned his lesson. He's still attacking his wife. I see why she left him and that kind of thing. So I know what I'm, we, we just talked about is, is a complicated thing, especially topping that on top of being in the courtroom and all that pressure. The good thing is you have a lot of experience in that. So I would just say, Scott, put it, try to put all what we just talked about all together. And, 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 and you're going to think on your feet, what you're good at. Think on your feet, man, and read the room. You see what I'm saying? Okay, that's fair. All right, brother. Good luck, okay? God bless All right, you. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye. Woo! All right, y'all. Y'all see what's up. Y'all see what's up. See? You gotta... You gotta... This is a... Believe it or not, man, this is a very... Compli- Once you get marriage crisis, it's very complicated. You can recover... But you got to be a warrior, man. You got to be a warrior, dude. You really do. You know, if you love God, you you got to keep your wife and marriage together, and, your, and which which does what it keeps your family together. You know, um, it's very important that you understand that, and you need. And this is why you hear me talking that you need help. You think as a man, I got it all together. You think as a man, you know, I can take care of this, but man, if you could take care of it, your marriage wouldn't be a mediocre marriage. It wouldn't be a bad marriage. It wouldn't be in, 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 um, in, in marriage, you wouldn't be in marriage crisis. I'm just saying if you are, um, but the main thing is, man, is starting to put things together and understand how to bring it back together, man, is how to bring, how to get out of marriage crisis and how to move back towards God and to get that grace from God so that you get the powers that God has instead that created you with. Okay. Woo. That was a good one. Great call, Scott, man. That was really good. I hope you guys got some, some out of that. So let's all right, do a quick short, real quick. And then we'll be back to do our save my Catholic marriage and get out of here for today. Love you guys. Bam. All right, all right. So let's hit the Save My Catholic Mary Minute. We're on clue 32. Woohoo! And so we are trying to discern what are the clues that my wife gives me when I when she may want to leave or take the children or move to Siberia, Russia, and leave me behind. <laughs> so as I always do, I'm gonna go over the previous 31 clues before I give you 32. So let's do it, shall we? Number one reason that a man's wife may want a divorce is, does she seem distant? Is she spending more time with single friends? Does she seem uninterested in the marital embrace? Is she still as supportive as she used to be? Number five, is she still as loving as she used to be? Does she go out to clubs and events without you? Does she take longer to answer your texts or phone messages? Has her conversation with you become very short and to the point? Has the bickering increased? Number 10, has the arguing increased? Has she started putting the kids above you? Are her friends more important than you? Have you stopped going to mass and entering the spiritual battle daily? Does she seem unusually depressed or unhappy? Number 15, your wife may want divorce is you make her love. You make love less than once a week. Number 16, you make love less than once a month. Has she lost weight for no apparent reason? Has she started getting her hair done more than uh, 
more often for no apparent reason? Lately, does she dress nicer or more provocative? Number 20, are you beating her home when before she was already home? She blames you for everything wrong in the marriage. Ooh. Number 22, you can't seem to make her laugh anymore. Her phone is now hidden and locked. She no longer cares where you've been or keeps tabs on you. Number 25, her hugs and kisses seem shorter with no feeling. She is keeping secrets and being vague even when you ask her. She doesn't care you spend too much time with friends. She places her parents above you. Number 29, she she no longer looks at you or makes loving eye contact. Number 30, she increasingly needs more time alone. And number 31, you can't listen to her without interrupting and opening your big mouth. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> you can't listen to her without interrupting. So what is the number 32 clue? Oh, y'all notice my voice is better the last well, last two or three days. Thank God. <laughs> it's still it's still bad, but it's boy, it's a lot better. But anyway, number 30, number 32 reason that your beloved wife may want a divorce. Drum roll, police. She seems indifferent to you. She is now emotionally disconnected. Avoidance has set in. Uh, I warned you. I warned you. I warned you. I warned you it was coming. The indifference, the loss of emotional connection, the arrival of avoidance. For the 31 clues, for 31 clues, I begged you and pleaded, banged it into your heads. Please do not allow this to happen. Don't allow the emotional closeness to leave in your marriage. But now it has. And now we must figure a way out of it. Because if your marriage is here, you know, you now understand exactly what I mean. And now I bet you are willing to do almost anything to get out of it. The pain is now unbearable for you and your beloved. And she has almost as most likely asked for a separation, a divorce, or an annulment, or at minimum, the I need some space deal, okay? We hate that one, don't we? I need some space. I need some space. Now, remember what I need some space means. It doesn't mean that it means that you need some space. She believes you need some space to get yourself together. Sorry. She doesn't want space like that. She wants space for you. <laughs> so if the emotional closeness is gone or nearly gone your wife sees no future in your marriage because in her mind i can't force myself to love him again plus if i take him back the pain will be will be the same or worse and i just can't grow through that anymore i can't i can't i can't fellas my job is to teach you the inner workings of your beloved. Not to bash you every day or bash you every week or bash you every month. I have to, in order, I have to be, teach you what your wife is thinking, how she's thinking, how she's feeling, what she wants to do, what she doesn't want to do, because she ain't telling you. She ain't telling you. 
So you need somebody that can help you interpret what's going on. Like, like that dude that wrote that book, Women Are From Mars, Men Are From Venus. You know, I never read that book, but I assume if he's any kind of man and understands women, he mainly focused on the women because that's who's in control, believe it or not. Just like, remember, I told you, women choose us, we don't choose them, okay? So it's very important that I try to get into you to understand, oh my God, give you the best opportunity to, to begin to understanding your wife and what, how that will benefit you and your marriage for the rest of time. If you think about this, if you're 50 years old and you're married, you've got 50 more years of marriage, dude. People think time is, is really weird. Like when we get 50 and 60, we don't really, we think our life is half over. No, really, our life is, is half just beginning. Because the first 50 years, we didn't know nothing. <laughs> The first 50 years, we didn't know a damn thing. <laughs> At least now, these next 50 years, man, we can have this great life, right? All we got to do is keep our wife happy, keep God happy, and keep disease off our butt, right? You can't get sick and have a great life. So if you're 50 and over right now and you're eating bad, carbohydrates, eating sugar, uh, taking over all these uh, depression medications, taking all these pills these doctors give you, taking all over the counter medications every day, taking all this stuff, man, you will eventually get sick. You can't have a fun 50 years because when I say 50 years is what? You know, I'm assuming that we all live, you know, you live to 100 years old, which is today is very, very possible. My grandfather lived to like 100 and two or three or something, and then my grandmother would have been would have made 102 if not for, you know, COVID and all that stuff. But what I'm saying is, man, you, you know, most guys think, well, you know, I can't, I can't make love no more. I can't eat what I want, and, I, and I'm sick. Who wants to live to 100 years old like that? I can teach you how to do that. And I'm saying, hey, I'm a big guy, but what I've said is I've learned how to not be as big. <laughs> so, and that comes from all the stuff that I told you. You know, being sickly, man, is not a fun thing. So when you if you get to be 60 and 70 and 80, 90 years old and you're very sick, you need a cane to walk. You, you got arthritis, you got, uh, you know, diabetes, you got heart disease and all that stuff. All that stuff can be gone away if you eat right. When I say eat right, basically a carnivore diet, which means I'm not putting any sugar or carbohydrates in my body anymore. I'm only putting protein in my body. Why? Because that's all we need to live. And you don't have all that extra stuff because we got to remember how it works. You got to remember how it works. The body is not meant to run on sugar. The body is meant to run on fat. The body wants to run on fat. This is why people that tell you don't eat fat, they do not know what the hell they're talking about. The problem, the reason people don't really understand why to eat fat is because it's the combination of foods that's the toxicity with fat. So what does that mean, Jerry? What that means is if... I'm go to a restaurant and I sit down and I get a big old fat 
half a pound hamburger with two big old buns on each end of it. And I've got, which is, you know, and then I've getting, I get mayonnaise and ranch and I put onions, less tomato on it and pickles. Ooh, that sounds good, don't it? <laughs> but I put that on there. And then, then on top of that, I get this big old plate of, of chili cheese fries with all the fixings. That is one of the most toxic combinations of food there is. People think food, food, you know, it's 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 a pleasurable thing, which it is a pleasurable thing, but you got to know the right combinations. If you, protein is the most healthy thing you can eat if you don't mix sugar and carbohydrates with it. Hear what I just said. It's not the beef, uh, veg- ve- vegans. It's not the beef. That's why if you just eat vegetables, you get sick. You have no energy and you die. That's how skinny people die. If you just name me one person that all they've eaten was beef and they die sickly death. They don't. They don't. Why? Because that's how God set it up. Right? We are allowed in the New Testament. We're allowed to eat meat and pork and all of that stuff. But everybody wants to do what they want to do, which is fine. So if you want to get to more, but if you want to get more scientific about this, if you want to live to 100 years old, you stop eating sugar and carbohydrates every day. You only eat it sparingly, like what the Bible says, like God talks about moderation and everything. It's not that you can't eat cake; it's you can't eat cake or derivative every other day, or every day, or five times a week. It's not that you can't have fries and chips and. Um, and, you know, spaghetti and all that stuff. You just can't have it every day. You can't have it like that. Because, listen, you've got to understand the the thing about food combinations. And when I say food combinations, I'm not talking about, you know, chicken and mashed potatoes and gravy and, and broccoli. That, and I'm not talking about that kind of... Co- what I mean is the toxicity of the, food com- of the food that you're eating. So, like I just said, if you eat Carbohydrates and sugar with protein, that is one of the most toxic food combinations there is because the beef reacts with the the, the carbohydrates and it causes indigestion. It causes, um, what's it called, that uh, uh, acid reflux. You you fart all the time. Okay, I'm just going to prove everything I just said. You people that you eat beef and carbohydrates together all the time. Tell me about your stool when you use the bathroom. It's like you never have, you got to go to the bathroom two or three times a day. You're always farting. You're always burping. You're, 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 oh, and your stool stinks. Your stool always stinks. It stinks really bad. All these things, and then you have uh, indigestion. You have, uh, uh, you can't, you know, you have your, 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 your joints get inflamed. That's the proof. That what we're putting in our body is causing us to get sick. So every time I know that I'm starting to eat bad, I start burping. I start having gas. I got to go to the bathroom two and three, four times a day. Uh, I, 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 I never feel quite good. You know, you got we've got to understand that our body is perfect. Believe it or not, our body is perfect. And those things I just said are signs that you are sick or that you are getting sick. And if we, if this is why, if, if you eat, this is why chicken, beef, 
fish, seafood, pork, lamb. All of those things are great for you because, first of all, it's one food, you know, and that one food, it, it di- when you put one food in your stomach, it digests a lot faster. Why do I say that? Because the stomach, the food, it takes a long time to digest the more different kind of foods you put in your body. So you're full longer and you feel uncomfortable longer. So I'm going to get off that. But, man, that was – this is the, – listen, the thing that I try to teach every teach the men is – when you come to me, you I'm, my job is to get you to live to 100 years old. Why? Because you got children and grandchildren. You got a beautiful wife. If you're 50, do you want to die at 55? You just, you know, no, you don't. You don't. So how do I stay around, right? Like, how do I stay around? First of all, I get right with God. I get right with my wife. I get right with my children. And I eat right. Okay? Okay. You got to remember, man, people ain't going to tell you this stuff. People, they're going to tell you how to eat right. First of all, most doctors don't even know. Second of all, this the carbohydrate sugar industry is billions and billions and billions of dollars. You think McDonald's, like I don't blame McDonald's for serving bad food. If I'm going to eat it, it's on me. I'm a grown-ass man. I could do, you know, if I decide that I'm not going to do that, that's on me. But if I decide I am going to do it, you know, to me, it's all moderation. If I go to McDonald's once a week, I am not going to die from disease, Okay. I'm not unless I go to McDonald's today. I go to Burger King the next day. I go to uh, I go to uh, Church's Chicken the next day. I go to KFC the next day. You know, I mean, every seven days a week, I'm eating all these bad food combinations. And by the way, fried chicken is not really bad because it has fat in it and it's it's protein. But if you if you don't you know if you want, you can always pull off the flour and just have the fried ch- the chicken by itself. But we all know that. The crust is what makes the fried chicken. <laughs> so I'm going to get off that, fellas, because I know that that could, you know, that could be a, a daunting task. But the way I can help you with that is you start slow. You know, you start taking sugar and carbohydrates out of your out of your diet slowly. And you will see, man, you'll see you will feel better. I guarantee you, let's just say you stop eating all carbohydrates and sugars starting the day and all you ate was protein in two weeks. Your arthritis will start to go away. Your diabetes will start to go away. Your heart disease will start to go away. You'll start to feel better. You'll have more energy, and the food will taste way better. Bam. Okay? So, so if your wife or you move out, the task is much difficult, but we can still make this work. Okay? We can still make this work. But the emotional connection has to be put back. Either way, without the emotional closeness, you have a monumental job ahead of you. Men, just, you know, just wait. We just, as men, we wait too long to get our butts in gear. We just do. We wait until the pain is so bad on both sides, our wife and us, and then we run in and try to be Superman, and it just doesn't work. You know, the writing has been on the wall for what? For weeks, months, and years, and we're, we're not taking care of it. Believe it or not, throughout your life, the Holy Spirit is always talking to you, whether you're an atheist or a Christian. It doesn't matter. You're always getting talked to. You're always getting talked to because God loves you and he wants to give you the chance to get things right. We must keep our, you know, we keep our heads in the sand. We put our marriage on, we put our marriage on the back burner. And then all the while, God, our marriage, our wife, our children slowly drift away from us. You know, remember when you first got married, 
you and your wife were close. You couldn't wait to have kids. Well, most of us couldn't wait to have kids. And, and, and you know, and things were great. And then slowly but surely, things start to go the other way. We think it's not fair. We think that's not fair. Why would God allow that to happen? Or why would the other saying is, why would God do that to me? No, it's not that God did it to you. It's that he's been trying to get through you, through to you for a year now. You didn't listen. We didn't listen. I was the same way. God talked to me all the time. Wasn't a Catholic. Wasn't I wasn't a, a, a Baptist, a, a, a Methodist or nothing. Didn't go to church. Didn't care about church. Didn't know God. Didn't care about God. Didn't know Jesus. Didn't care about Jesus. But looking back, God talked to me every single day. Jerry, don't do that. Jerry, that's a rookie mistake. Jerry, that's bad news. Jerry, I wouldn't do that if I was you. <laughs> you know, hey, boom, boom. That's your guardian angel, man. That's your guardian angel. Look, I heard the other day, which is I think it's a great saying, you know, God has a plan for you. Uh, if you don't use that plan, then you can use Satan's plan for you because Satan has a plan for you too. Okay. All right. So, but again, and again, we put this off procrastinate to no end. And so God allows the pain, the pain of chaos in our homes because of an unhappy, unfulfilled wife and disobedient and disrespectful children. This will all get worse unless we listen. Guys ask me all the time. I've had Two guys in the last two weeks asked me, Jerry, how do you know that the demonics in my in my in my in my house, in my life? How do you know that the Satan is in my life, evil's in my life? I said, Well, dude, you just told me for the last hour. You like you go at work, you at work all the time. You like going to play with your buddies all the time, going to golf all the time, you know, you know, you're you're in the pleasure zone all the time. You distracted your wife, you just told me. You just you 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 just you you know you distracted you were distracted from your wife, and your kids are disrespectful. They told you they hate you. They don't want to spend time with you. Your wife is unhappy. She doesn't want to spend time with you. She won't make love to you. She's always trying to go. She's out with, talking to her divorced friends every day. She's going on trips all the time. She's at work all the time. You guys don't make love. You don't even talk. You don't you don't hold hands. You don't do nothing, dude. If that is not evil in your home, what is? What do? You, what more signs do you want? <laughs> what more signs do you want? Every see the thing about Satan is he not only convinced people that he didn't exist. Now he's got the new level. Like you know what? An evil person is only Jeffrey Dahmer. An evil person is only a serial killer. An evil person is only a rapist. An evil person is only a murderer. No, no. That's evil, but evil is also the other things I mentioned. Okay? Open our eyes. This is how you get it. So, um, again, this will only get worse if we don't listen. Brother, do we really have to go that far before we take action? When we become, when we come, um, when you come to me for help, one of the first things I analyze is your marriage and the amount of time I feel you do or don't have before your wife and kids are gone. Or if you lose them permanently, or if you lose them permanently. But after this talk, many men again avoid and dodge the issue. So their life gets worse. And then what do they do? Months or years down the road, they come back to me and ask for help, which I hate that. I hate that. I just wish that we would just get the help the first time. 
get things going the right direction, and then things don't get worse, and the odds of you fixing your marriage now are a lot more greater than two years or three years down the road when your wife is checked out completely or you're divorced, okay? Because as a man, you will realize that I'm not a complete man without my wife, without God, my wife, and my children. The older we get, if you any kind of man, if you any kind of man, you will realize I am not complete and whole without God, my wife, and my kids, even your adult kids, even your adult kids. I'm telling you, you'll see a lot of you, I'm, I'm 56, I'm older than a lot of you, but a lot of you are older than me. The dudes, the the, the older dudes we know it, unless we just totally in the, and got our heads in the sand, but most older dudes, for the most point, they know the deal, but they, you know, where they choose to act on the point is another thing, but we know the stuff. And so what we try with older dudes, our job, that's why masculinity is so important. Men being around is so important because we can give that knowledge to younger men and, and they don't have to go through the stuff we went through, right? Next, most husbands don't understand that when we allow what the church calls marriage crisis to enter into our homes, it takes a special kind of help to get, to get them out of it. And that is where marriage coaching, not therapy, comes in. In short, like today, I've already talked about marriage coaching and marriage counseling, how it's different. But basically, marriage coaching, it gives you step-by-step instructions and coaches you how to get through the tough stuff and to turn it around, okay? Next, there's a vast difference between marriage therapy, marriage counseling, you know, marriage coaching, marriage coaching. But either way, no matter what a man chooses, he needs to make a decision. And get help immediately if marriage if if you are in marriage crisis because one thing I know about marriage crisis it will not go away. It will not go away. But see, here's how here's how clueless we dudes are. We clueless. That's why it's called clues. My wife may want a divorce. Clueless. We think because our wife has sex with us that everything is okay. We think that. Huh. That ain't it. Especially when your wife is in marriage crisis, she want to leave. You know, we think because our wife avoids us and ain't talking to us and we're not arguing like we used to. Oh, things are so much better. Dude, your wife's not talking to you. You guys don't make love. You guys don't even hold hands. You guys don't go nowhere together unless it's with the kids or something. Okay, dude, that's your wife. She's trying to tell you. She's trying to tell you. That's all she's doing. And she's not really mad and she doesn't hate you. She might be mad at you, but she doesn't hate you. One thing you realize, your wife, no matter if she divorces you or separates from you or what, or sleeps in another bedroom or doesn't make love to you, please try to understand that your wife does not hate you. She loves you, which is why she's playing her cards. Women know that eventually all women go through what I'm, what I'm, what I'm just said. They all go through this. He ain't going to listen to me. Why do I keep opening my mouth? I quit. I give up. That's what they do. And then they stop talking. They don't, they won't like, if, if, if there's a, like, you know, why did you clean it? Why did you wash the dishes yesterday? She just goes, well, I don't know. And then she stops talking. Dude, the reason why she's doing that is because she knows no matter what I say, it's going to be, it's going to be an argument. If you, if your marriage has that, if your marriage has that, that history of that, or what they'll do is nothing ever even gets brought up. You two, you just kind of go through life. TV's on. She's she's sitting there. You're sitting there. Separate couches. And you're watching TV. Not one word said. 
dude, you have a serious marriage problem. We, me and my wife can't sit and watch a, a, our program without without putting it on pause <laughs> for at least five times. Because we got we got to keep talking to each other. So if you don't have conversation in your marriage, that's one of the reasons you know that your marriage is not where it needs to be, okay? Please hear what I'm trying to say. Um, so you must bear down and focus on your career. Not, I mean, not, and not bear down when you're in marriage crisis like this, you got to bear down and focus on your marriage and God. Okay. Not the kids, not your job, not your career, that kind of stuff. Okay. But again, many men don't have the stomach and warrior spirit for saving their very lives. These days, we are weak, effeminate and emasculated. We are in a society that no longer values honor, virtue, and courage. Um, and we, uh, and so our wives and women feel they must continue to run things. All men know today that women run things. They do. Even though it's not in their nature, um, it's not in their nature to do it, but they do it because we as men don't and not stepping up. And what I mean is, Psychologically, emotionally, morally, men, we and, and we just don't have the warrior spirit anymore. Why? Um, I'm gonna tell you why. Because we are so tired from being attacked for our attempt to embrace our masculinity. How many times have you, I don't care how old you are, 15 up to 99, that you've tried to assert your masculinity, stand up for, for God or yourself? Don't disrespect me. Don't confront me, woman. And then all these people just like jump on you and, and attack you, you know. And so men, after about 10 times of that, we get we get like, look, I'll just be quiet and just, you know, skip out. The problem is, man, when you do that, you're making it worse for everybody else. The thing about it is, as you heard me told, tell the second caller, that you you have to understand that the way we talk to women and our and our and our wives and things like that is is of most importance. Okay, so um, we don't men don't really want to do anything. So again, we are tired of people bashing us for just trying to be who we are. We won't even let little boys play football or baseball or basketball and stuff anymore because we're scared they're going to get hurt. You know, if a little boy tries to stand up for himself, you know, he's beat down. So after you five years old and you put up with 15 years of that, you kind of say, screw that. So we're just tired of being beat down as a man. But that is how you build strength. When you have adversity, you either let it even make you stronger or you let it make you weak. Okay. The problem is most men in our society today have allowed to do the other. And what we do, we focus on pleasure and pleasure only works for like about five minutes. Like right now, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten today. But so when I go in there and start eating, I'm gonna feel real, I'm gonna feel like on top of the world for like 15 minutes. But then 30 minutes after I eat, I'm back to where I was. Pleasure only lasts for a certain amount of time. Okay. So we cannot bitch, whine, blame, criticize, and remain in our safe space, man caves any longer. Why? Again. We must stop bitching, whining, blaming, criticizing, and remaining in our safe space man caves. Why? Because that is the road to hell. Bam. 
If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Woohoo! So, up, I got the wrong thing on. Supposed to be Pope Benedict. <laughs> so, look. So, all right, fellas. So, I'm going to start my interview series. So, I'm almost, almost done with the clues. So, I'm probably going to start interviewing more experts and stuff because, you know, I know you guys just love hearing me talk every day. <laughs> Nah, just joking, man. I'm just joking with y'all, man. But look, what I'm gonna do, you know, I'm gonna get, you know, start doing some interviews with, with my priests and start doing interviews with my my porno experts and my um, you know, my uh, other marriage coaches and stuff that so you guys get a different perspective and stuff. Um, you know, how how others look at Christ and stuff like that. I do a lot of you know, I, I used to do interviews almost all the time. I don't do them as much anymore because, well, first of all, it's about you. It's about the callers and about you guys wanting to call but don't. <laughs> so, but anyway, even when I have interviews, we're still going to be a calling show. So, you know, I'm going to interview guys and, and ladies too, um, but it's still going to be you call and ask them questions, ask both of us questions too. Because I'm telling you, uh, I got two pornography experts, man. They 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 are the bomb. I got, I know two of them. They are the bomb, and they are good. Um, and so, if you ha- if you're one of those men that you engage in masturbation and pornography and stuff, and you can't seem to stop, dude, you you when I interview these dudes, you you to be on it, you to be on listening to it. Um, another thing too is, man, believe it or not, that's Satan on you, man, and I know it. You know, it's a mortal sin. You know, you know, and and I know you guys know that. I don't have to. I'll preach it to the choir on that one. But the main thing is, man, you you gotta. You got to get that stuff out of your life so that God can put himself in your life. Um, and the good thing about it is, man, I've got experts that can help you. Um, I can help you too, but that's their specialty. You know, like marriage is my specialty. Like pornography is their specialty. So they can tell you a lot more ways to get out of it and stuff like that. In my program, what we do is if a guy tells me he has a pornography problem or a masturbation problem, what I do is I, I we talk about it and we I help him and then I give him some videos to watch and we talk about that. We get some some stuff on our um some stuff on our on our um covenant eyes or something like that or something similar on our phones and computers. And then if you still have problems after that, then I refer you to one of my you know to one of my uh, pornography experts. Just like divorce, like if you come to me and you're 
you like your wife has filed for divorce. One of the first things I do is I get I have you talk to my to the lawyer, my, the, my program lawyer, so that he can give you a good perspective of what you're going to throw through. Because a lot of guys think they know, but they don't know. And believe it or not, the internet is helpful for initial research. But to talk to an expert like an actual lawyer who's been there that can really help you and has your best interest at heart. Because my lawyer dude, he he wants to help you. He has He's not trying to get money from you. He's not trying to do anything. This is why guys love my program because we – sure, listen, I'm not going to lie. It costs money to enter my program, and it's not cheap. But when you get in it, the money doesn't even – the money – is like way far down the line because you get so much help and value and so much knowledge that you couldn't have gotten on your own in a million years. Okay. So like I said, my lawyer friend, his, he is the man and he will help you and be honest with you. And he will, he will uh, talk to you about your divorce and, and, and give you some options stuff. Matter of fact, he will like try, if he knows a lawyer in your state or in your town, he will call him and hook him up with you. You know, so that's my point, man. You're out there on your own, dude. You're out there on your own. And and listen, I talk to guys all the time, man. You know, you're on your own. Women, too. You're on your own with this stuff. Um, but mostly the men, you're on your own. And we, who are you going to talk to? Who are you going to talk to? Everybody feels sorry for you. Like, oh, my wife asked for a divorce or my wife is leaving or my wife won't, ma- won't, won't make love to me anymore. Everybody feels sorry for you, but they don't know how to help you. Oh, they'll tell you this, leave her, man. Forget that. Go find somebody else. Oh, what great help is that? But don't blame them. They love you. They're just trying, they're just trying to do what they think is best, you know. Um, so that's that. So anyway, hopefully we can start some interviews next week or later on this week, most probably next week, because I got another series I'm going to start that y'all going to love. Um, but we're going to start making some interviews in with that too. Uh, cause I know you guys want to hear from other people that, that are specialties, that are specials in the marriage field, different specialties in the marriage field, um, because that's what you're here for to learn and embrace. So that being said, we end today with a quote, our quote from Pope Benedict the 16th, as we always do, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is up on you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.